The president doesn't answer to you, Lewis. Oh, yes, he does, AJ. I'm a citizen. This is my president. And in this country, it is not only permissible to question our leaders, it's our responsibility. But you already know that, don't you, Mr. President? Because you have a deeper love of this country than any man I've ever known. And I want to know what it says to you that in the past seven weeks, 59% of Americans have begun to question your patriotism. Look, if people want to listen to... They don't have a choice! Bob Rumson is the only one doing the talking. People want leadership, Mr. President. In the absence of genuine leadership, they'll listen to anyone who steps up to the microphone. They want leadership. They're so thirsty for it, they'll crawl through the desert toward a mirage, and when they discover there's no water, they'll drink the sand. Lewis, we have had presidents who were beloved, who couldn't find a coherent sentence with two hands and a flashlight. People don't drink the sand because they're thirsty. They drink the sand because they don't know the difference. Hi, everybody. This is Ed Hoffman. Welcome to the main event. That is like one of the greatest lines from any, from almost any movie. That line from that scene from the American President. You know what? How how true is that? People drink the sand because they don't know the difference. And you know what? If uh, the whole the whole thing, the whole scene. You know, if they'll they'll listen to anybody who speaks on the microphone, and that's why our country is getting so screwed up because so many people just listen to CNN and PMS, NBC, and these people will say anything to change your opinion to theirs and keep you from thinking. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, uh, people don't know the difference. You know, they, they drink the sand and you know what I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about some examples of that, some examples of that. And some of the idiocy that we're seeing some, some stupidity that we're seeing, seeing happen in this country this week. But, uh, before I do, let me introduce myself. My name is Ed Hoffman, president Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender located in Southern California, offices all over the place. If you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate and you need financing, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free area code 855-640-2020. If you want to talk, if you want to get some information, but you don't want to talk on the phone, Go to our website, WCCLoans.com, WCCLoans.com. You can see all kinds of mortgage information there. If you want to get some uh, some specific information to uh, regarding your situation, go to the Loan Center, click Apply Now, put as much information in there as you want me to have, and tell me how much information you want back, and I'll help you fill in the missing pieces to your real estate financing puzzle. Well, you know, I got three houses, and I got no money, and I'm uh, retired now, and, uh, you know, so if you're, if you're looking to, hey, what should I do? I actually had one guy say, hey, I'll give you my whole portfolio of properties. I'll deed them all over to you if you'll just pay off my house. And I said, ah, you know what? I'll do that. But before I do it, just so I can sleep, let me show you what I'm going to do with it. And if you and if you don't want and if you still want to give me all your properties, I'll take them. But let me show you what I would do. And I sat down and penciled out. First thing you do is take out equity line in this one. Then you get rid of all these properties that you bought over here that were upside down that don't rent for what you got. And I showed him how to just get out of all the all the mess he got himself into because he listened to a realtor in Florida who sold him a, a just a a bag of goods. And I and I said, look, you go from having a little over a million to a little under a million of equity, but you got out of all that stuff and your credits intact and all that stuff. And he goes, 
Okay, I feel better. He didn't give me his properties, though. <clears throat> but I felt better because I could sleep at night. So uh, so tell me how much information you want. I'll give you as much information you want back. And, you know, the, the biggest thing that we're hearing hearing of late, the big the big product that everybody's asking about is all you baby boomers want to know about reverse mortgages and uh because you know we're you know there's such a big chunk of millennials that haven't bought houses yet that need to buy houses and you know you guys you you kids have been slow to make a commitment like that but the other thing is you, we got a whole bunch of us baby boomers that are getting it to retirement and don't have very much in savings or don't have enough in savings or have lots of money in savings but are spending it still on their on their house payments they could get rid of uh and this reverse mortgage thing is really a cool awesome product uh if you're over 62 and you want information on that 855-640-2020 or go on our website wcc loans and let me know what let me know what you're looking for information on we'll help you out help you out on that um if there's any part of the show you want replayed or repeated go to edhoffman.net edhoffman.net click on the podcast page and you can hear it on demand anytime you can also get the main event podcast on soundcloud or itunes where you can uh you can actually subscribe on on itunes i'm not sure on soundcloud but whichever app you're using on your phone uh you can you can uh subscribe for free we'll actually download once a week you can listen anytime you want um follow the show on social media where i uh, follow me on twitter at ed, at ed hoffman where i tweet about current events all week long and like the show at facebook on facebook.com slash the main event ed hoffman um slash the main event ed hoffman yeah that's how it is that how it is and uh i'll as when i get to the end of this show if you got some emotions some comments some opinions Listener hotline, 855-640-2092. Go on there, give me your opinion, good or bad, whatever you want to say, uh, you know, just, uh, and we might just play it on the radio, 855-640-2092. Some of you guys are uh, are uh, quite complimentary, and some of you aren't. Uh, so anyway, let's talk about what's going on this week. You know, this was the final week before Congress is scheduled five-week recess, Uh and, then, and it's been another scramble to pass pass an Obamacare repeal before the deadline. Unfortunately, the Senate failed to pass a clean repeal, repeal bill when it was brought on the floor Wednesday. So they they voted on the repeal and replace. It didn't pass. Then they then they went okay. It didn't pass. Now we're going to do a clean repeal. Just repeal the whole law. And and what I what I understood it to say was they were going to give them a two year hey we're going to repeal it effective two years from now which i think is bull they they need to do it hey we're going to effective september 30th 2018 at the most because we have an election next year and quite frankly i don't know that a lot of these people in congress are going to still be there after november of 2018 so we need to have something materialized before that and quite frankly if we don't have if Obamacare is still here there's going to be a lot of us Republicans that are not going to be happy we're going to be looking I'm still not going to vote for a Democrat but I might be looking for a new Republican to replace the old Republican because they can't seem to get anything done I, I would say hey you know what give me five minutes in front of the the House and the Senate and I'll convince them what they need to do give me five minutes to say hey you know what cause and effect don't start looking at Hey, you know what? If we repeal the if we repeal the uh, Obamacare, people are going to you know we know that the Democrats and we know that the uh, that the uh, the media is going to go on and say, hey, we just don't care about people and we want everybody to lose their coverage. And people will lose their coverage. Some people will lose their coverage 
except for we say it's repealed as of six months from now or as of 12 months from now. And that gives us 12 months to come up with a replacement or what's better. It gives the insurance companies a chance to come in with some, some plans. Because remember this, if we repeal Obamacare, it doesn't, doesn't do anything about health care. It's insurance. So some people are going to say, well, next year I'm not going to have insurance. Okay. But here's what happens. It cuts out a whole bunch of taxes for employers. It cuts out a whole bunch of rules for employers. So employers can actually spend their own money. I can tell you our company of uh, somewhere, I don't know, 120 to 150 employees. I'm not sure exactly where we're at right now. Um, We were spending about $200,000 a year, our share to insure our company. Right now we're up we're up above five hundred thousand dollars a year is what we spend to insure our employees, not including what they they spend on top of that. Over five hundred thousand dollars a year. Hey, you know what? What could I do with that money? I could hire some more people. And see what they don't realize is you cut taxes on it on on companies, you're going to come up with they're gonna come up with some ways to give out raises. They're going to come up with some ways to hire some more people. Put that into their business that makes you work harder. Because you know what? All of us employers know. And I mean, remember, insurance company, health insurance was only attached to employers because, not because, hey, that's what how, how it works. You know, you get the insurance. Someone down the road in the past figured out that, hey, you know what? If I, on top of my pay, pay my employees, I actually get them health insurance for their company, for their family, through our company, we get a group rate, so that makes it cheaper than individual, and that makes them more tied to our company, so that makes them more loyal employees, and that's a better package, so if I've got a a guy who's looking for a job, and he's going, well, I'll come work at Wholesale Capital, I'll go interview there, and see, I make this much money, plus I get health insurance, versus going to this other place who's going to give him money and no health insurance, where do you think he's going to go if he's got a family? So that was the concept. Hey, you know, we didn't make employers uh, insure their their employees. That was what somebody thought of to, hey, I'll buy them insurance, take care of them. You know, on top of on top of what we used to have were uh, uh, retirement accounts that were uh, um, defined benefit programs as opposed to defined contribution programs, where you actually. You say, hey, this is what you're doing. You're doing this, you're doing this, and this is what you get at the end. As opposed to today, it's defined contribution. Well, hey, you can, this is what you're going to put in, this is what we're going to put in, and what you get at the end is anybody's guess. So, because it's cheaper, okay? So, remember, there's a cause and effect. When we get rid of Obamacare, a lot of things that are going to happen that are going to change back going back to the free market. And you know what? Quite frankly, people talk about, um, you know, health health benefits could wipe people out. Nobody's ever gone broke because of the cost of a doctor visit. Okay? Where people end up going to bankruptcy is the cost of hospitalization or an accident or a disease or something like that. You know what? Insurance companies used to have something called catastrophic plans. You know what? If you're a healthy person and you just want to make sure, hey, if, if I break my leg, if I get cancer, if I get, you know, something comes up that's, I didn't foresee that that I that I couldn't have foreseen. That's gonna that I don't have money for. I have insurance for that. That's a whole lot cheaper for everybody than stuff that covers you. If you know, I don't need insurance to see in case I get pregnant because I'm a guy. Think about that. No cause and effect. Nobody thinks about that stuff. So we tried to tried to. So Wednesday, 
they voted on a on a uh, on a full repeal, which is quite frankly what Rand Paul's been saying, and I'm shoulder to shoulder with him on on his opinion here. Let the free market dictate our health our our health care. Get the get the the government out of it. Here's the people that stood in the way: Senator Shelley Moore Capi. Shelly Moore Capito of West Virginia, Susan Collins of Maine, uh, Susan Collins of Maine. She's always her and Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Those those two vote no on everything. Dean Heller of Nevada, John McCain of Arizona, Rob Portman of Ohio, Lamar Alexander of Tennessee. So here's those are seven uh, Republicans that voted against it. What are you thinking? You know what they're thinking? They're worried about what people are going to say. And it reminds me of another little clip from the American president. As I was so busy keeping my job, I forgot to do my job. Yep, they're so busy keeping their job, they forgot to do their job. We elected them to, you know, we we elected an overwhelming, hey, the majority of people said, hey, we want change in this country. We want to go back to, to work hard, work hard jobs, get the insurance, get the 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 uh, government out of our lives and uh, get them out of our health care, repeal, uh, repeal Obamacare. But guess what? We have control of the Congress and the Senate, and they won't get together and just make this thing happen. And this was the most logical thing on Wednesday, and they should have done that. So then uh, the, first, the first public remarks after, uh, after um, John McCain was diagnosed with brain cancer, explained his reasons for voting against the bill on Wednesday. Our health care insurance system is a mess. We all know it. Those who support Obamacare and those who oppose it. Something has to be done. We Republicans have looked for a way to end it and replace it with something else without paying a terrible political price. We haven't found it yet, and I'm not sure we will. All we've managed to do is make more popular a policy that wasn't very popular when we started trying to get rid of it. I voted for the motion to proceed to allow debate to continue and amendments to be offered. I will not vote for this bill as it is today. So that's what he said. Hey, complete repeal. He will not vote for it as it is today. Guess what? What are you thinking? What are you thinking? So, uh... Then, then came uh, the Washington Post in response to that. Um, put out a put out an article um, that they put out an article that they were they were rather heavily criticized for. And this is the guy that wrote it. Uh, was Peter Dreyer, who also wrote a wrote a uh, a uh, a big whiny article about some some uh, homeowners in Rialto or Fontana a couple years back that. Uh, that didn't pay their bills and they got mad at the company that bought it in foreclosure and try to try to to smear them in a in a in a uh, in the news in the eyes of the of the newspaper but anyway this peter dreyer is an idiot um and he he writes in the military mccain was a hero but today on the senate floor mccain was a coward he put loyalty to his party to republican majority leader mitch mcconnell and unbelievably to president trump over loyalty to his country and and the needs of the fellow citizens. McCain will die with dishonor rather than do the right thing. He did the right wing thing whatsoever. He's accomplished in his political career. This is, will be his legacy. How do you know? You know what? This will be his legacy, whatever. By Wednesday night, the Republicans had begun talking about the skinny repeal. 
by Wednesday night, I don't think they, by Wednesday night after the, this, after the full repeal didn't go through, they start talking about the skinny repeal that would repeal only three parts of the bill. The individual mandate, which means that, hey, you're required to buy health insurance or else you pay a tax penalty. Okay, so it's supposed, that's supposed to encourage you to buy a tax, to buy health insurance. Of course, if you're young and bulletproof, you know, like uh, like uh, 18 to 35-year-olds seem to be, um, it's cheaper to pay the, the tax penalty. Um, and they want to get rid of the employer mandate, which says, hey, if you've got X amount, of pe- X amount of employees, you have to provide it. And if you have over 50 employees, it changes still again to a different kind of insurance. And... Uh, and that's what I just talked about choking, choking a lot of the businesses because it costs so much to do it. And uh, on top of that, they they talk about repealing the 2.3% excise tax on medical devices. You know what? What other what other tax that they haven't talked about repealing is the investment tax that says um, if you if even if you sell your personal residence, if you make more than two hundred fifty thousand dollars of profit as a single person or more than five hundred thousand dollars profit, you pay capital gains taxes on it. So if you're a married couple, you bought your house for two hundred thousand. Now it's worth a million. You sell it. You got to pay taxes on half a million dollars, as and which used to be twenty five percent between the state and the federal. Now it's like thirty eight percent between the uh, state and the federal. Well, in California, on top of that, you pay a three point eight percent three point eight percent investment tax. That's part of Obamacare. Okay, repeal the whole thing, and that thing goes away. So the main reason to support support this one, the skinny repeal, everybody's saying, uh, right here, Tom Tillis in North Carolina says, it keeps the conversation going in the conference as opposed to stalling uh, stalling the Senate's efforts. Uh, quite frankly, I don't know why they can't keep the conversation going and not, not, uh, not pass the skinny repeal, but here's what Tom Tillis said. When we get into conference, I think we'll take up uh, the the uh, proposed measures that didn't get a majority on the floor this week, but the cruise portman measures that can bend the curve on, on premiums going forward. There's a number of things we can do once we get into conference if we keep this process moving. That's why I supported the, uh, the motion to proceed, and that's why I'm supportive of whatever outcome we can get to get to conference and then work with the House to get something to the president's desk and then go about implementing a number of other measures under regular order, requiring Democrat support to round it out. Lindsey Graham was standing right next to him when he said that, and here was Lindsey Graham's comments. That what the House will do is take whatever we pass, the so-called skinny bill, not take it to conference, go directly to the House floor, vote on it, and that goes to the president's desk with the argument this is better than doing nothing. Here's my response. The skinny bill as policy is a disaster. The skinny bill as a replacement for Obamacare is a fraud. The skinny bill is a vehicle to get in conference to find a replacement. It is not a replacement in of itself. The policy is terrible because you eliminate the individual employer mandate, which we all want eliminated, but we actually have an overall solution to the problem of Obamacare. So you're going to have increased premiums, and most of Obamacare stays in place if the skinny bill becomes law. So they argued about this, about the skinny, uh, the skinny repeal for a day and a half. And, uh, it went to, it went to, uh, to vote Thursday night, late, late, late Friday morning, late, late, early, 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 somewhere in the middle of the night. And, uh, and it, and it failed. It failed by guess who, guess who voted against it. And quite frankly, 
I don't fault these people for voting against it because they should have voted for the full repeal. But none other than uh, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and John McCain. Um, the two, the two uh, vote against vote against everything Republican sisters and John McCain who can't decide what he wants. And he's uh, becoming the, uh, the hero of the Democrats. You know, he's, he's uh, our Republican Senator. John McCain is becoming the best, uh, the best Democrat out there. Here's what, uh, here's what um, Chuck Schumer said Friday morning. Last night was an amazing moment and the credit goes to a lot of people, but at the top of the list are the three who showed amazing courage to resist the pressure and do what's good for the country. Uh, John McCain at the top of the list. Now he's everybody's hero. So, <sighs> amazing, amazing to me. Just repeal the thing. That gives you, so that gets some a victory in there that gets rid of all the mess that's in. Remember, Obamacare was like 4,500 pages that nobody read. They're whining Thursday night about, you know, hey, we only have two hours to read this one. It's 140 pages. Okay. Don't pass something like that. Pass a full repeal and go back to the drawing board, but give yourself time to recover that. And then talk to the, then we get the insurance companies jumping in to uh, let the free market and then let things. Uh, set, let the insurance companies sell over state lines and let the drug companies come in from out of the country as well. And let's make, do some things that make better financial sense than what we've been doing the last so many years. So uh, so going on to the, what the Democrats are. Well, now the Democrats are real happy with John McCain. But uh, nine months after the Americans voted for a leader who made it clear he cares about their economic concerns, the Democratic Party has announced it's ready to start caring about them, too. Responding to a to a poll that said 52% of Americans don't know what the Democrat Party uh, stands for, Chuck Schumer, uh, the train wreck. Oh wait, that's his his niece, uh, Amy Schumer. Uh, but I think Chuck Schumer's a train wreck too. Uh, he unvo- unveiled the so-called new party agenda on George Stephanopoulos on Sunday. When you lose an election I, with someone who has say 40% popularity. You look in the mirror and say, what did we do wrong? And the number one thing that we did wrong is we didn't have, we didn't tell people what we stood for. Even today, as your poll showed, they know we're standing up to Trump. They like that. But they want to know what do you stand for. So tomorrow, Democrats will unveil our economic agenda. It, it's called a better deal. It has three components. We're going to raise people's wages and create better paying jobs. We're going to cut down on their everyday expenses they have to pay and we're going to give them the tools they need to compete in the 21st century so simply put what do democrats stand for a better deal for working families higher wages less costs tools for the 21st you had president, century though for eight years you had control of congress for part of that time what took so long and why didn't it happen during the campaign well i don't know why it didn't happen in the campaign we all take blame not any one person but now we have spent a lot of time working on this and it's going to really impress the american people yeah i'm impressed now too i want to see how this magic act is going to work let me think they want to raise they're going to raise wages how are you guys going to raise wages because you know how real real wages increase you cut taxes, get the government, cut regulations, let the government get out of the out of the uh, the businesses in America. Let let the uh, employers actually have some of their money back, and to reward the guys who work the hardest. That's how it happens. And then the then they have a some they can decide how to run their own business. You're going to cut down every everyday expenses. How are you going to legislate that? 
We're going to cut down on everyday expenses by taxing the hell out of people and uh, raising the cost of goods, the people to get goods to the market. Um, how are they going to do that? They're not. Okay. Um, and then they're going to give them the tools to compete in the 21st century. Um, does that mean student loans? Does that mean, uh, oh, uh, I think we're going to talk about this after the break with uh, some uh, apprenticeship programs. You know what? You know how you how you do this? Get out of my face and my business, and I'll hire some trainees, and I'll teach them to do do a job, and I'll, and I'll give them minimum wage while they're learning instead of charging them to go to school for stuff that I could teach them on the job. But I'll give them minimum wage, and then when they get good at it, they'll make more money. Hey, I'm out of time for part one. We'll continue this after the break. Five minutes of traffic, weather, and commercials. I'll be right back with part two of the main event. And welcome back to part two of the main event. My name is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender. Don't talk much about uh, don't talk much about mortgages or real estate on the show because uh, unless you're in the market right now, it's boring to you. So uh, so if you hear if you hear by the way I think that I think like you and you need some real estate financing, uh, reverse mortgages, refinances, purchases, um, vacation homes, investment properties. I've got them. I've done them. Um, I got 27 years experience here. If you uh, want someone who will uh, steer you towards what's best for you, call me 855-640-2020. If you hear something that you have an opinion on, you want to voice your opinion, uh, call my listener hotline, 855-640-2092. And we might just uh, use your clip, your uh, your message on the, on the radio one of these weeks. So uh, we were talking about the Democratic Party's new, uh, new plan. It's a better deal. Since they haven't actually published this agenda anywhere, we can only go on what Schumer, Pelosi, and a few others are saying in their speeches and op-eds this week. They've been mentioning policies like this, uh, setting up an independent agency designed to prevent prescription drug gouging that would allow Medicare to negotiate with drug manufacturers for low prices. Hmm. Isn't that something that the Affordable Care Act should have done? Uh, yeah, that's the Democrats version of uh, what they're saying. They don't want us to do is, is get prices down. That's what's what we should have done eight years ago, seven years ago. Hey, we had great health insurance. Our, our health, health, uh, our, uh, health plan was the best in the world. Now I think we're 40th or something like that. But, um, you know, all we needed to do was, Hey, let's start selling insurance across state lines, create more, more, uh, uh, competition. Let's uh, allow the drug companies, even from overseas, even from Canada, um, sell into the United States. Hey, they're cheaper there. They don't have so much regulations, so much regulations. And uh, get rid of tort, re- get some tort reform. Keep the lawyers from suing the hell out of everybody for every little thing. If you've taken Tylenol and you've had a stomach ache ever in your life, you might be due some money. Call the law offices of whoever. You know, you guys see them if you watch if you watch TV at night. They're on about every uh, four four minutes. Um, so what else? Is, what else is part of this better deal? Somehow legislating consolidations in airline companies, cable companies, internet companies, phone companies, beer companies, food and eyeglass companies. They're gonna change the antitrust laws to prevent big corporate mergers that re- could result in increase that could result in increased prices. You know what? 
That's what happens. You regulate the hell out of people and it gets to it gets to be too much too expensive for for some companies to stay in business. So the big companies come in and say, "Hey, if we put your business with our business, we have enough business that we can absorb some of those regulations and it makes sense." So you guys are going to say, "Hey, we're going to regulate the hell out of you so that you can hardly afford to keep in business, but then we're going to keep the big guys from coming in and and rescuing you and putting your your uh, your resources together to create something that actually makes sense. Let's just add on some more regulations. We're going to save you from having a higher cable bill. Guess what? You know what's going to keep you from having a higher cable bill? The internet. The internet's coming up with all this new stuff that's way cheaper than cable. You know what? Uh, I know that we got a. We put a. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. We put a TV in uh, one of the bedrooms that my kids used to stay in, but they're they're out of the house. They've been out of the house for nine years. We finally cleaned out their room and recarpeted it and paint. And uh, I put a smart TV in there. And I and I called the cable company and they said, Well, you know what? Did you put a smart TV in there? Yeah. You don't need a cable box. I was gonna pay five bucks a month to have a cable box in there. So the once a year that somebody actually spends a night. Uh, that they could watch TV in their room if they wanted to, and they said, just go on to the onto the smart hub on your on your uh, TV and download the Spectrum app, and then you can get it, and it's and it's free, and you can get the basic stuff on the TV. You don't have to have a cable box. Well, isn't that nice? Guess what? Technology is is cutting the cost on some things. Okay, there's a upside and a downside, but you know what? The government doesn't have to get involved in that stuff. They're going to double federal support for registered apprenticeship programs. I just talked about that right before the break. They're going to double federal support for registered apprenticeship programs. You know what? Uh, I, I've mentioned this a few times in the past nine, nine and a half years that I went to a seminar in uh, 2008, I think it was. And uh, um, Alan Greenspan spoke at it. And he said, and they, we were talking about the the uh, mortgage meltdown and all the all the subprime and the BS loans that got done. And he said, you know what? Fraud and corruption are part of our, part of our freedoms. As long as, as long as we have the freedoms we have, fraud and corruption are going to be part of our, part of our, uh, part of our culture because there's always going to be someone to take advantage of it. So guess what? Let's double federal support for registered apprenticeship programs. You know, what's going to happen. You're going to have every Tom, Dick and Harry that, that has a, uh, a uh, tire shop is going to say, Hey, we're going to have an apprenticeship program. We're going to teach you how to bust tires and they're going to get the government to take our tax money and pay tuition on these things. And they're going to charge to teach guys how to bust tires. And they're going to charge someone to teach, teach you how to, how to run, how to swing a hammer. Hey, you know what? We're going to do an apprenticeship program to teach you how to, how to nail, put, nails into boards to put to make a house instead of letting getting out of the the construction company's uh business and let them hire some some kids to train them and just pay them less hey you don't know no squat we're still going to get some labor out of you but we're going to teach you how to do this as we go we're going to pay you less until you get good at this stuff that's how america works but the democrats are going to double federal support that means they're going to tax the hell out of us and then they're going to let somebody to suck the uh, suck the money out of the treasury to teach people how to swing swing a hammer. Uh, we're gonna give tax credit credits to companies that train new workers. You know what? Just lower my taxes. I can afford to train new workers. Just lower my taxes. Same basic concept. It's an amazing thing. Here's here's a little bit more from Chuck Schumer this week. I think it's an agenda that will appeal to the American worker. 
It'll appeal across the board. You know, people say, are you going for the Trump voter who was a blue-collar worker in the Midwest or the old Obama coalition? What we're talking about appeals to all, both. You don't have to choose. It'll appeal to the worker in Akron who's only being paid $11 an hour. It'll appeal to the young woman getting out of college in Los Angeles and wants a bright future. It'll appeal to the single mom in Buffalo who's cleaning toilets for minimum wage. Hey, you know what? He could have summed up both these clips that I put on George Stephanopoulos and the one on uh, where he just was talking with Jake Tapper on uh, on CNN. He could have summed it up with just making this little speech. Hello. I don't have much to say, but if you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Thank you. I think that says it all. Vote for Pedro. So <clears throat> anyway, another example of Democrats are uh, living in fantasy world. So uh, let's talk about the transgender, uh, the transgender crisis. Oh my God, we're not being fair to people that have weird, uh, weird surgeries to change their sex. So most of you heard the president tweeted this week that transgender people would no longer be allowed to serve in the military. So I think this was uh, Tuesday morning or Wednesday morning. And, and uh, President Trump tweeted, After the con- consultation with my generals and military experts, please be advised that the United States government will not accept or allow transgender individuals to serve in any capacity in the U.S. military. Our military must be focused on decisive and overwhelming victory and cannot be burdened with the tremendous medical cost and disruption that transgender in the military would entail. Thank you. Hello, I agree 100%. Sorry, I'm not being a homophobe. This is just the way it is. Chairman of the Joint Chief of Staff, General Joseph Dunford, wrote an internal memo to the Pentagon employees, a copy of which was provided, a.k.a. leaked to Politico, um, because there's just leaks. I'm glad I don't have White House tires because I'd be on the side of the road with flat tires all the time. So uh, I know this is what what the memo to uh, from the Joint Chiefs of General uh, Joseph Dunford said, I know there are questions about yesterday's announcement on transgender policy by the president, Dunford wrote. There will be no modifications to the current policy until the president's direction has been received by the Secretary of Defense and the secretary has issued the implementation guidance. In the meantime, we will continue to treat all of our personnel with respect. As, As importantly, given the current fight and challenges we face, we will remain focused on accomplishing our assigned missions. Here's what Fox's uh, Brett Baer uh, explained what all this all this dribble means. It, it means that the tweet didn't carry with it the directive. In other words, the president has not signed an executive order. He has not signed a piece of legislation. He is not empowered and given the word to his defense secretary uh, just because the Joint Chiefs of Staff is saying just because he tweets out what he wants the policy to be does not mean that that is the order that they're received to change the policy. So as of right now, uh, transgenders can and will serve in the U.S. military and will continue to unless the, until that formal uh, declaration, that formal uh, order has been given. So it's an interesting dynamic as you deal with a president who does a lot of work and a lot of decision making in 140 characters or less. Uh, this is a specific statement by the Pentagon saying they need the official way. You know what? I agree with his uh, with his. Uh his summary in that, hey, you know what? 
it's not lodges because he tweets it and they're they're waiting for that. But it it, it just sounds like everybody's tiptoeing around tiptoeing around the issue because nobody wants to be called a homophobe or that we're discriminating against the LGBT community. You know what? This is like 0.2% of the population and we all have to to walk on walk on walk on eggshells. We're on we're all on thin ice with hot skates because we're worried about what someone's going to say about us, which we're going to talk about in a little bit about what people say about us to make us look bad. But um you know what? I like I like uh, I'm on the same page with my buddy Joey Jones and what he said what he said about this on uh, Fox and Friends um Thursday. Well, first of all, you know, uh, the question at hand isn't do transgender people have a place in our military? It's are we making this change based on social justice or social politics? Or are we making this change based on efficiency of the personnel in our military? That's where all of these questions have to originate. We do very little in the United States military to make people feel good or to accommodate. And that's just our culture. Our culture is mission accomplishment and efficiency efficiency with the military. What are you talking about? Well, at the end of the day, uh, say for females in combat roles, most Marines in a combat unit are 30 to 60 males in a, in a squad bay. They all sleep in the same room and shower in the same shower. To put a female into that squad is to double the resources, double the infrastructure. Those are the, those are the nuts and bolts and perhaps the financial obligation in something like transgender uh, integration. But even beyond that, our most valuable asset, our small unit leaders and their time is really where the disruption would be from this policy. It's not to attack transgender people or their patriotism at all. There aren't enough people in this country willing to lay their life down for it, That's and right. we should honor that. But at the same time, our small unit leaders have a hard enough job as it is today fighting a war that we sometimes don't understand. They don't need more stress and more opportunity to make bad decisions thrown into their lives. We have to do this right, and that takes time, and that is not what the Obama administration policy did right on the heels of integrating women into combat roles. Too much change too quickly only yields a bad product and it yields a bad environment, a toxic culture. Yep, I I agree with that. And that's we gotta be focused on, hey, it's not it's not about social social justice. We have a military for one reason, to win wars and to and to keep from going to war. So let them do their let them do their job. You know what? Someone who wants to change their sex, I want to I want to join the military. Most of them are joining the military because they want the military to pay for their surgery. Which which for the life of me, for the life of me, I can't under, I can't believe that the government would pay for that. Well, you're in the military, now you're having some sexual some sexual uh, questions about your sexuality. So we'll pay to change that. I say, "Hey, discharge." Okay, go home to mommy and deal with it. Um, but that's me. I could be wrong. But I'll tell you what. We just went through a leadership thing at my company, and uh, and we had a couple of uh, Navy SEALs, former Navy SEALs, Bob Schultz and Chris Lindsay, teaching this. And uh, when they when they introduced their program, they talked about teamwork, and they said, you know what? In the Navy SEALs, the Navy SEALs, the commander at the Navy SEALs in Coronado down near San Diego, he says, you know, we don't build superhuman athletes. Everybody who signs up to to try out for, for BUDS, which is a basic underwater demolition service, uh, uh, something, it's basic underwater demolition, that's where the Navy SEALs originated. So everybody who signs up for that, which is the, the course to see if you can become a Navy SEAL, they're all superhuman athletes. They're all that. 
and they try to break them down emotionally and physically and mentally and see who who won't break and by the time a uh, a class of of 250 get done it's down to about 20 to 25 graduates um he said what well, what we do is is we create super super teams and it's not a question of how athletic your ability is. You have to understand how to work in a team so well because these guys are so specialized. They can't wonder if the guy next to him is going to do his job. They have to know that I'm going to do my job. I'm going to pay attention to my my share of this because I know my brother next to me is going gonna, is gonna to do his job. And I don't have to worry about watching my back because he's watching my back while I'm watching his. And that's how that's how coherent they have to be. If you've seen the movie uh, Captain Phillips, to see how how the Navy SEALs had had these guys in this lifeboat, all in the crosshairs, all in the crosshairs, knowing that if they killed them, if they killed if they killed one of them, uh, that the other one would kill Captain Phillips. And they waited in, in a split second. Two of them opened up a, a window, and they all fired at once. All fired at once. Hey. Fire execute. They they made one little command, and three bullets went into the heads of three terrorists, and all all at the same time in a split second. It all happened at the same time, and Captain Phillips lived. And you know it's that's how the military needs to run. And you know when you have distractions like uh, women in there and uh, women that are men, men that are women, it's just a distraction. And like uh, Joey said, they're uh, they're they're small. Uh, they're the leaders of their small squadrons. That's their that's their their primary uh, asset in the military is those guys that are leading the smaller groups of uh, groups of men. It's just something else for them to screw up because somebody gets their feelings hurt. Stop focusing in on social justice. Let's get the job done. Anyway, that's my opinion. <clears throat> Welcome to it. So uh, let's go on. Let's go on to the, our next subject. If you've been listening to, if you've been paying attention to TV at all, or even if you haven't been, if you've been listening to uh, to my show for the last several weeks, you know that the Russia thing is just off the hook. It's just ridiculous. So um, this week they've been doing a lot of talk about uh, some organization called uh, Fusion GPS, and uh, you know it's ridiculously stupid. All this Russia thing they've got, they're they go after one thing after the next, and I and I think I think. What I'm coming to the conclusion is, is that there must be something really, really fruitful, something really uh, lucrative going on for these these uh, these congressmen and senators that are taking money on the backside, or something's going on. They want to keep their jobs so bad, so bad, and the Democrats are trying to just change the focus to something other than what Trump's doing. Because Trump wants to drain the swamp, Trump wants to create jobs, Trump wants to to uh, to uh, seal our borders. He wants to keep us safe, and that common sense to me is being is being uh, veered into another direction by all this Russia stuff, and they just keep throwing more and more at it, and it's just stupid. It's hey, you know what? I I applaud Trump for being able to stay partially partially focused even though he tweets some stuff in the middle of the night because you know you know this stuff has he's a human you know and they're taking pot shots at his family and at him and all this stuff and he wakes up in the middle of the night and he throws out some some tweets and he's trying to be uh more politically correct with them but you know you gotta the guys the guy's a human 
it's got to bother him that he's getting so much so much heat. He's just trying to make this country better. And uh, so so getting back to what I'm talking about, the this week they're talking about Fusion GPS. And um, Tucker Carlson had a guy on by the name of Thor Halverson, who I think actually gave a really good description so you guys understand who this Fusion GPS is. And before I, before I play it, um, he talks about a dossier. And for those of you who don't remember... Um, sometime around the last couple months of the, of the presidential campaign, they were talking about a dossier, meaning that they have, uh, Russian, Russian, uh, government, uh, documents that prove that Trump was involved in something over in Russia having to do with, with, uh, prostitutes and, and some lewd, lewd sexual acts and something really embarrassing, really, uh, really that would just... You know, if if people believed it, that they would just um, we don't want a guy like that in the in office. You know, put him right up there with uh, with Anthony Weiner, uh, the disgraced congressman and uh, uh, and husband of uh, Uma Abedin. Uh, I won't get in. I won't get into that. But this dossier is was that document that never came out in in specifics because they they couldn't. Apparently, see where the where the source of it was, but apparently this came from Fusion GPS. Let me play this uh, this clip from uh, Tucker Carlson show. If you can remember all the way back to January, you may recall the existence of an unverified dossier claiming that the president was once compromised by Russian intelligence in some pretty flagrant ways. Well, there's no proof any of that is accurate, but the dossier is still a key piece of proof that the president colluded with Russia, according to a lot of people. Well, Thor Halverson. He's the president of the Human Rights Foundation. He recently testified to Congress that the dossier was the work of professional smear experts, and he would know this because they've targeted him as well. Thor Halverson joins us right now. Great to see you tonight, Thor. So these guys, who are these guys, and why'd they go after you? Well, uh, Fusion GPS, uh, you know, they, they try and promote themselves as a sort of opposition research or strategic intelligence firm, when really what's, what Fusion GPS is, it's a, it's a company that sells itself to the highest bidder to bring together smear campaigns and to try yes. and destroy uh, honest, good people who are going against their clients. In my particular case, it was whistleblowing against a group of criminal Venezuelans operating a company called Derwick Associates that sold uh, 12 faulty electric plants in Venezuela. Um, they had no experience before, they had n nothing to do with the sector, and yet they got $3 billion worth of business in Venezuela, of which they skimmed around $2 billion. And then they wow. hired Fusion GPS to go after those of us who were opposing them and blowing the whistle on them. Personally? Very personal. Yes. In fact, imagine waking up one day and seeing a, a headline in a fringe website that says that I'm a neocon scam artist. And then you read the actual article and it says that I, you know, there in some Facebook posts and Twitter posts that they put out, it says that I, you know, that I, it falsely says that I sleep with children. It says that I'm a heroin yeah. addict. It says that I've been to rehab. It says that I'm an embezzler. I mean, imagine everything. Imagine accusations that are so horrible that being innocent isn't enough. Right. That, uh, exactly. Accusations so horrible you can't explain them. That right. is what and Fusion GPS, that's what they specialize in. Did they do that to you? So they literally did that to you? 
Yes, they literally did this to me, and they, I'm not the only person that they did this to. They also did it to an investigative blogger in London that was also following the exact same case, and it was the same accusations again. It was drug addiction, pedophilia. In his case, they threw drug trafficking and rape and a few other things. Um, they, they, these, these are not good people. They are people who used to be serious journalists and are right. now trading their credentials in exchange for very high fees from criminals abroad. Those are really awful things to say. We're almost out of time, but do you know who might have paid Fusion GPS to create this dossier on the president? Well, I can't speak to the, uh, the dossier about the president. I have zero knowledge about, about it. I haven't even read it. But I do have knowledge about Fusion GPS. And what I hope is that both the Senate and the Department of Justice pursue them for FARA violations and get to the bottom of each and every um, single entity that pays them for this sort of thing. They yes. try and cloak everything under attorney-client privilege. They cloak everything with lawyers. Um, these are not good people. And they really are, they're, they're, turning, they're turning journalism into a sewer. And they have a very long history of doing so. Fascinating. For our, our viewers who don't live here, FAIR is Foreign Agent Registration Act, meaning they're taking money from foreigners and not reporting it, which is a, which is a big deal. Thor, thanks a lot for joining us. You know what? The fact that these kind of companies exist makes you understand there must be something really good going on in government that, these, that they want to keep Trump from being in there and finding out. I, you know what? I, I predicted this year, uh, a year ago, Trump's going to get in there and go, you guys are doing what? And and the 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 stuff's gonna hit the fan, and their money tree is gonna die. You know what? It's it's amazing. People like uh, like uh, Maxine Waters, who's 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 been a congressman, congress lady for, you know, they make about a hundred thousand a year, but she's she's got a multi million dollar house, and you know, you're you're in public service. How do you how do you accumulate so so much money in doing that? It's just amazing to me. Just amazing to me. So anyway, uh, I'm just about out of time. If you if you got an opinion on anything you heard today, 855-640-2092. If you want to find out about something financial, you want to get a, a loan, you need some, uh, you want to get some uh, help with your real estate financing, reverse mortgage, refinances, purchasing a new house, purchasing a vacation house, or maybe something to get your kid out of your out of your basement. 855-640-2020. I'm all out of time, folks. My name's Ed Hoffman. Thanks for the listening to the main event. I'll be back again with you next week. The content of this program is not intended to be legal advice. The views expressed are those of Ed Hoffman and his invited guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or policies of Wholesale Capital Corporation. WCC is licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 0114747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB Number 096199.